Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Warning. This podcast contains paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime cases. The nature of these cases may be gory, unsettling, or vulgar. Please be advised. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And lordy, lordy, this is episode 40. 40. Woo-hoo. I can't even believe it. 40 episodes. We made AKA it. 40 weeks of you guys listening to us. 40 Bullshit. weeks. So Bullshit. Guys, so literally in Jan- July, in January, in January, July, August, November, September. Wait, <laughs> how do the months go? Wait, wait, wait. January, January February, March, March April, April, May, June, June July, July, August, September, September October. October. In three two. months, two it's months. October first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In two months, we will have been doing this for a whole year. That's 52 weeks, people. That's insane. Why didn't we just do on episode 52? We know how many weeks are in a year. Wait, there's 52 weeks in a year, right? Right? Yeah. What? I don't know. Anyway, guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's coming up. A one year anniversary. And that's going to be the start of season two, though. Yeah. (laughs) Not that much is going to change. Nothing's going to change. I mean, we might add a little something here and there. Oh, you know what we forgot to do last episode? Today is Summer Solstice Day. Oh, yeah, it is. And Morley told me, she. I was like, I'm going to record. And she was like, oh, it's Solstice Day. I'm like, what's that? She's like, seriously? Oh, God. I'm like, sorry, Marley. Sorry, Marley. <laughs> anyway, I know you guys are listening to this like 14 days later, but happy summer Solstice Day. <laughs> so what have you done hypothetically? Because you guys know since you listened to our last episode, we are recording this on Sunday, June 20th. So this yeah. episode is going to come out in... July. Jul- oh, happy July. Happy July. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait. July 3rd, July 2nd. Okay. What are you, what did you do this weekend and what are you about okay, to do? Okay. So, th- guys, yesterday or this past Saturday, we had so much fun. We, yeah, we did. were at the river. <laughs> we had Taylor's birthday party. It was so much fun. We had a great time. We had a great time. Just kidding. It didn't happen yet, but it will happen and yes. it's going to be a great time. Um, currently I will, if, when you are listening to this, I will be in Florida. In Florida. I'm staying at my brother's in Tampa and my mom's coming and my younger brother, Buddy's coming or Marshall's coming and my aunt Jackie's coming and it's going to be fun. It'll be so nice. Yeah. I'll be very relaxing. You need a vacation. Mm -hmm. And then I will have just celebrated my birthday and I'm going to be getting ready for my one year anniversary and my my honeymoon. Yeah. I'll be leaving on my honeymoon. Oh my gosh, July 4th is your one year anniversary. <laughs> I know. Gross. Oh, you've been married. Oh, sorry, we were standing up because our backs hurt. We so got to sit down we're now. We're sitting down now. Um, Wow. So you're telling me that a year ago today, I was hammered at your wedding? No, no. It wasn't my wedding yet because what, this comes out on July 1st. Okay. So well, on July 1st now, of year last year... We were stressing the hell out. Oh my God, we were sitting. No, this is exactly what was happening. We were sitting in Uwok. We had sticky notes with everyone's name on it, of the seating chart back behind us on the couch. Mapped out. Taylor and Noodle going crazy because my ass was just sitting there. They were up there flipping stuff. They're like, oh, this isn't going to work. Scratch this it. This to sit here. They're not coming anymore because of COVID. We have to move this over This here. person got COVID. They're not coming. Moving this. <laughs> this person. Or do we have enough of this, this? Oh, and at this time my father-in-law got, got COVID, COVID and yeah. we thought we were gonna have to postpone the wedding yeah but luckily he was like no it's too close to time 
so he stayed like out in the corner was, in this middle of this it field. It was really sweet, but so, so sad. It was sad. But it, anyways, the show went on. Thank God. I think because Dennis knew better than didn't let me stress about it for yeah, another for month. Yeah, for real. Oh, so God. it was perfect. And no one got COVID at my yeah. wedding. We were safe about it. And the people that came from Florida got tested before they came. Yeah. And it, it was, was perfect. All around a good time. And then... We came back from the wedding, and Taylor was supposed to move out. Madison was supposed to move out. I was supposed to move to Pennsylvania. We looked at each <laughs> other, and we said... <laughs> one more month. <laughs> one more month. So we stayed in our apartment for one more month. The boys were pissed. pissed. I was All married. All the boys. Aaron's like, <laughs> Aaron's like, why aren't you coming home? Taylor's husband's like, why aren't you living with me? And Madison's boyfriend, Peyton, is they alone. They had a house together. They had a house together and he was staying at this house alone because he already moved out of his apartment yes. because that was next door to ours because Madison's like, yeah, we're moving out after the wedding. And then he had to stay alone and even though he still had his lease and knocks. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. It was crazy. We, we got in the wedding was too much. Yeah. We were getting in a lot of trouble. We had... Place. July of last year it was the best month of it my was life. so fun because we just were like going crazy everything was finally over the wedding was over I didn't get to go on my honeymoon which I'm going to be packing for literally when this episode comes out yeah and I'm finally gonna get to go on it me and Logan are gonna go to St. Lucia and we're gonna go stay at the Sandals Grand St. Lucia resort that's an all-inclusive resort we have an overwater bungalow so jealous and we're going to have the best time ever i'm so excited you know what else we did what we waited guys we were supposed to move out on like the first <laughs> august 1st at i know this is like way ahead of where we are in the timeline but august 1st of last year by like 10 a.m yeah we were supposed to be out of the apartment it was supposed to be deep cleaned everything well everyone that's moving us out that day they show up in our apartment <laughs> was completely normal Normal. nothing was moved we no didn't boxes, have boxes were packed except for noodles freaking orange and black boxes yes. that i can't even stand to look at if she's listening to this you know what we're talking about you know about. the fucking boxes. I, you need to give those back to your dad i hate those boxes i do too <laughs> um anyway i mean everything was still there guys every dish was in the kitchen my every- room was a wreck <laughs> Their clothes everywhere, like wedding it, gifts everywhere. It was insane. It was so funny. We really lived it up in July. We just were like, we're never moving out. We didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was so fun. Oh my god, I missed that. Yeah, it was a really good time. Anyway, guys, this is episode forty. <laughs> we are still drinking high noons because, like last week, this is only thirty minutes after we just ended our last recording. Right. For last week's episode, so we're still rolling, trucking along. We're going to go through this box of high noons and hopefully the other box before the end of this episode. <laughs> or look at for them you just, guys, hopefully not. Look at them just smashed and over by the oh, window. Oh, I thought there was someone outside. We oh, literally no. crushed these cans and threw them at the window. <laughs> Who knows we're why? We're boys. We should, we, name, we should name this podcast like Beers and... Beers and Butts. Beers and... Beers and... Beers, beers and Cheeks. Beers and buh, beers, beers and buns and butts. Beers and booze, asses and titters. I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> okay. That has nothing to do with what this podcast is about at all. Well, it could be fun. Uh, I'm gonna think about it. Right, shop yeah, that. Shop we'll, that. We'll hit you in the TFUs because we are bound to have some. Oh, there's episode. gonna be some major TFUs tonight. Um, so should we just get started? We don't. I mean, we. It's hard to do two intros because we. Well, we've been talking for seven minutes. Oh, okay, then almost we can eight get... minutes. I think it's time. We really. Oh, by the way, here. just to refresh, if you're new to this podcast, uh, maybe skip back three episodes or so. Actually, don't. I had a raspy voice then. But um, right now we're drinking high noons, and they're the pineapple uh, ones, and they are so good. They are so good. And then we just finished an entire snack tray. Yep, and chips and bean dip. Um, yep. If you are new new to this episode, oh my god, this is gonna be bad. Hello. No, if you are new to this episode, there is one podcast. <laughs> there is one episode that I think you should start on, and that is our St. Patrick's Day episode <laughs> because so. that is really the truth of who we are. That was we the were best episode. Hammered. We went crazy on it that was episode. The best episode ever. It was so funny. We I I listen to it sometimes when I just need to giggle. Because it cracks me up. Yeah, that's where I recommend you guys to start. Yeah, I think so too. I would never Durable ever Mike. do not go to episode one. Oh God, no. we need to just 
archive them. Literally, those episodes are just like what we wanted to be, which you guys know if you've been listening for a long time, we rebranded at some times. point because, no, only once, but because um, we used to have like a spooky looking logo and our Instagram used to be like skulls and murders and yeah, shit blood, like that. knives. Yeah, no. Now Witches. it's neon signs and pink and everything because I feel like we're more of like a comedy... We think we're funny. I mean, I think I'm fucking hilarious. I, I don't know about you. I am a crack. I think I'm a slap on the knee fucking funny well, ass bitch. We just are ridiculous, honestly. That's what we are, yeah. We're ridiculous. Yeah. But we went, we like, the more we recorded and the more we drank wine and talked about things, like we were just laughing at each other the entire time. We, we can't have a spooky logo. No, it was ridiculous. So we were, we took Thank ourselves God, a little too dude. serious in the beginning. <laughs> God, we have our alter egos on our thing. Bonnie, Bonnie and, Kai. and Kai. Oh, man. So cheers to Bonnie and Kai, because I feel like they de- they deserve it. Cheers to Bonnie. <laughs> Did you just grab my drink to cheers yourself? <laughs> cheers to Bonnie and Kai, because they're coming out this episode. Yeah, bitches. this is it. This is them. Yeah, she was pulling her hair up, but I didn't want her to stop. So I was going to just pick her drink up well, and your, cheers myself. Your clip and bun look so tight and just, like, comforting. And mine was falling out, and I was like, oh, I need to redo mine. Mine was so low. It was giving me a headache. Oh, my God. So I had to bring it up top, change it up a little bit. Intro? Let's hit him with it. Wait, that's not the intro. It's the intro. Okay. <laughs> if you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get <laughs> creepy. And this is totally fucked up. <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, if you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast, on Twitter at Creeps underscore Crimes, and on TikTok at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Right? Yeah. No podcast. At Creeps and Crimes. Tell them about our creepy accounts. Um, Send in your creepy accounts. If something crazy fucking happened to you after our last episode. Send that shit in right now. now. Right now. At Creeps and Crimes Podcast at gmail.com. We did not tell them our Instagram or anything in the last two episodes. So that's our bad. Mm. We just really thought you guys wanted to hear us talk. There'll Um, be a link in our show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Which we need to write for two weeks ago that we still haven't written. Oh, sorry. We've not been doing good. Um, Anyway. All right. Ask me what I got for you. What do you got for me? <laughs> I am going back to the UFO side. Not oh, really, shit. not really, but kind of. You'll see. Um, my sources are three short ones, wikipedia.org, thoughtcatalog.com, and reddit.com. So before I tell you the topic, I'm going to start off by telling a story about a man from Maine. His name was Dr. Herbert Hopkins, and he was a consultant working on a UFO case. This wasn't his first rodeo. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nobody laughed. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't his first rodeo because Dr. Hopkins was a well-known ufologist. I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. Before, <laughs> before we get into this, y'all seen Step Brothers, right? Where he's like, I know who Johnny Hopkins is. I smoke weed with Johnny Hopkins. I lit it up with Johnny Hopkins. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Have you never Hopkins? seen John Hopkins. Oh, John Hopkins. Yeah, the school. Yes, and they're talking about with Brennan or Dale or one of the two. No, he went to John Hopkins and he goes, I know who Johnny Hopkins is. I smoked weed with Johnny Hopkins. It's so funny. I watched a reenactment on TikTok. So when you said that, I literally had to contain myself to pull it back in together. You didn't contain it when I said Rodeo. Anyway, because I thought you fucked up the word. Sorry, Marley. (laughs) Dr. Hop drank. We're still playing the game. Dr. Hopkins was a well-known ufologist, and he received a phone call one night from a man claiming to be an activist in the UFO community. So this was not unusual. He received phone calls all the time from people. The man on the phone asked if he could visit Hopkins to learn more about the case, in which the doctor agreed to a visit. Within seconds of hanging up the phone, Dr. Hopkins heard a knock on his door. Opening it, he found the man with very unusual facial features, no hair, no eyebrows, and was extremely pale. He was dressed in a black suit with a black tie. Startled, recognizing the voice that he had just heard on the phone seconds before hanging up, Dr. Hopkins invites the man in, thinking, oh, well, maybe he was just hanging around and he just called to see if he could come over. And he First just- rule, don't let anybody into your house. Right. <laughs> so as soon as he entered, Dr. Hopkins' dog became erratic and barking more than a usual bark at a knock at the door. 
the awkward visitor started asking questions about the case that he was working on. Afterwards, he informed the doctor that there were two coins in his pockets. Okay. Which was true. Dr. Hopkins, or the man asked him to remove just one coin. So Dr. Hopkins followed along. He pulled out a brand new shiny penny and he held it in the palm of his hands. The strange man told the doctor to watch it very closely. A few seconds in, while staring at the coin, Dr. Hopkins reported the color began to fade, turn to silver, started going out of focus, and it eventually disappeared. Now, extremely freaked out, the man tells the doctor that the coin would never be seen on this plane again, as like a dimension. He then started to ask Dr. Hopkins if he was familiar with the Barney and Betty Hill case. No. Dr. Hopkins told the man, yes, I am familiar, but if I'm right, I believe that Barney had passed away not too long ago. The strange man told the doctor that he was correct and then says to the doctor, Barney didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. Shut up. The man then suggested he destroyed any material he had on the case he was consulting on. And the last words he said to Dr. Hopkins was, my energy is running low. Must go now. Goodbye. Uh, And then the man left out the door, clung to the railing, walked down the steps, turned the corner and disappeared. Dr. Hopkins immediately burned all the files. He said he had numerous phone troubles after the visit and that the phone company had told him his line had been tampered with. Oh, my God. Dr. Hopkins retired his interest in UFOs, and he never saw the man again. This story is one of many, an encounter with a man in black. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, Your intro was, was killed. Boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, Holy shit. Insane, right? That was so good, Morgan. Thanks. Oh, my God. I've been working on that one a little while. <laughs> I had chills all over my body. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, baby. If you guys have chills, write that into a creepy account. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, the theory of the men in black started long before Will Smith and Tommy Jones' cinematic debut. As early as the 1940s, ufologists adopted a mindset that led them to fear they would be the subject to an organized intimidation in retaliation for discovering the truth. And that could be any truth. The conspiracy theory of the men in black suggests that men dressed in black suits harass, threaten, and sometimes even assassinate UFO or extraterrestrial witnesses in order to keep them quiet about what they have seen. It is said that this group of men are quasi-government agents, which means they are seemingly working for the government, but they really aren't. There's no proof ever followed up with it. The theory also doesn't just hold for UFOs or anything extraterrestrial. The term men in black is generic. They can appear for any reason if a, pers- if a person is close to uncovering the truth. Most speculate that they work for the government or some branch of the government, but many also believe that they are working for the Illuminati or some other secret organization. Oh, shit. Um, some actually speculate that their appearance is so odd they are not from our realm, whether they are aliens themselves or some type of android or someone from a different dimension. But what everyone does agree on is that the men in black are inhuman. So those who have encountered them have reported that the men seem to be trying their hardest to be human when they're having an interaction, yet they seem to have no idea about human nature. Men in Black events usually go something like this. First, you receive a visit from one or two males, and it's hardly ever women. Freaking sexist. Rude as fuck. So rude. Um, And they're claiming to be some type of law enforcement, whether that's military or authority role or the FBI or anything like that. Something along those lines. Number two, the males usually have olive or pale skin, And some refer to them as dead-looking, with no body hair. Sometimes they appear to make themselves look more human. So the men have been reported to wear heavy face makeup. Um, They'll have bright red lips and fake eyelashes and even fake eyebrows because they don't have any body hair. Did you go to Asia K Salon? Did you at least get the 44% off? (laughs) That's all we needed to know. Listen, if you're listening to this, because I bet you you freaking all are if you're real, um, (laughs) hit up Asia K Salon at least. Even if you're a MIB, go there. Um, Number three is that both their wardrobe and their vehicles appear to be from a different era. So... The cars look like they are from decades in the past, but they appear to be brand new. 
or in the license plates ran on the vehicles come up empty as if they were never issued. Oh my God. Um, number four is that they always have awareness of the person's recent high strangeness experience. So whether that's a UFO sighting or otherwise, and most of the time the person probably has not told law enforcement or anyone at all, but yet they still know what they saw. That's interesting. Yeah. Very creepy. Number five is that they appear to be mechanical and they have labored mannerisms or symptoms of physical distress. Mm. So, for example, in one case, the MIB seemed close to passing out and asked the person for a glass of water so that he could take a pill, which appeared to restore his energy. In another case, which is what the story I just told you, um, the MIB said, energy, running low, must go now, goodbye. He left his pill at home. Yeah, he must have forgot his pill. Um, One person observed a heavy wire running down the MIB's leg and into his sock. And given the MIB's oddly programmed mannerisms, he wondered if that person might be some sort of program android. So in other cases, the MIB's voice sounds mechanical. Like the person or the people that have reported this have said they just sound fake. They don't sound human. So freaky to me. Um, number six is that the MIB will usually ask bizarre questions that have nothing to do with UFOs, but they actually suggest that they're unfamiliar with the surroundings of basic human nature or they're preoccupied with the issues of time. So, for example, people have asked, do you have insurance? Is it now? Um, the story I'm going to tell you about in a second, they ask about the woman's boobs or her breasts. <laughs> oh, my God. And someone said, is it your father's time? And that's referring to a clock on the wall. It's just very, like, weird. Like, they're, like, trying to, like, they want to learn more, but, like, they don't know anything about it or, like, what's right. acceptable to ask in a conversation setting. Right. Um, it's almost like a cultural, like, communication difference even. Yeah. Like, you could almost get it confused with that. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, number seven is statements that there is nothing to the UFO or other, oh, sorry, statements that there is nothing to the UFO or other paranormal phenomenon. So that's saying, like, you didn't see a UFO. That's not real. That's not real. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. And then it's usually accompanied by warnings or threats that the person should not discuss their recent experience. Oh, wow. Um, number eight and the last one is apparent materialization or dematerialization power. So, For example, the MIB walking out of a door and vanishing or disappearing with impossible speed or driving a car down a cul-de-sac out of sight and disappearing. So basically everyone's sighting is relatively the same and they all relate to what I just told you. And there are tons of sightings. Right. Like tons of people have came out and have have some type of experience that follows like these eight things. And like it's all different, but the same. Right. Um, And there are so many different reports. It's not just the UFO activist community. Like, it could be someone that, you know, is close to uncovering something about the ocean, the Mm -hmm. ocean, the ocean, (laughs) Um, or like, you know, anything that it doesn't have to be with, I saw a UFO, like, whatever, like, maybe they're close to uncovering some government secret or Or the Russian sleep experiment or like something like that. These people are sent to them. And it's often normal people who happen to be at the wrong place in the wrong time. So it's not just people that are obsessed with things that are like conspiracy theorists. Right. Like it's Someone's not gonna just pop that. Up on our door now. Yeah, like it's <laughs> exactly. I thought the whole entire time I did my notes, I was just waiting for someone to knock on my door and say Ugh. like FBI, because that's what they out. freaking say. Mm. But like, no, it's honestly like common day people who have no interest in anything paranormal or any type of strange phenomenon that this happens to. Um, Basically, they're just people witnessing something that they shouldn't have been witnessing. So before I tell you guys about yet another encounter, I want to kind of walk through the theories on what this organization really is. I have three theories um, that I'm kind of like pulled from for myself i mean Mm -hmm. everyone says them but like these are like the three that i attach to and number one is that they're aliens themselves which you know i don't really know about unless they're like adamant about humans not finding out about them like why would they take it upon them themselves to come to earth and make sure no one saw them like i feel like that would that's like earth's dirty work like right you handle it i don't care i don't live here kind of thing right but it, or maybe it's like they're in these like vessels that are the 
men in black and they're like the little aliens that like control it. You know? Right. Or maybe it's like a robot. Yeah, yeah. Just well, like that's not my, fret the other That's people. my number two is that it's a program android. Honestly, mm-hmm. like this is like pretty likely and they could be created by the government or a different race um, to do the dirty work. Right. And they aren't actual humans and therefore there's no chance that it could get back to them. Like you try to research this person, the person doesn't exist because it's an android. Right. Um, and my favorite is that we are humans from the future or that not we, but men in black are humans from the future. Yeah, that's a cool one. And I think that this is the most interesting, honestly, um, that these people are ourselves from the future and they're sent back in time to make sure that we don't discover the truth about the world and possibly trying to avoid our own like Armageddon or something like maybe we ended our world because we discovered aliens and we as a human race did not handle it well. Right. And the people that survived are able to come back in time and they're like trying to like prevent that for us. But like, they're still so curious about our nature currently Mm -hmm. because they don't live like that. And that's why they ask those like human questions. That's like the low key. uh, Yeah. Thing. Time. Yeah. The time Time variance. Yeah. 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 So that's number three is my favorite. Um, Actually, I didn't see that anywhere, guys. I kind of came up with that myself. So, <laughs> just saying, I'm a drink that one is uh, that theory was <laughs> created by conspiracy theorist Morgan Morgan Mounts. Mounts. <laughs> also, don't come after me, Doctor Morgan Mounts. <laughs> um, so, what I'm going to read is my favorite encounter that I came across, and I'm actually going to be reading it from her perspective. And again, I don't want to sit. There's, there's honestly not. A lot about this conspiracy. A lot of it is pulled just from a bunch of stories together. Yeah. Um, this was posted in 2017 by Reddit user Joy Hasprung on the thread Humanoid Encounters. So I'm going to read it from her perspective, and it's fucking creepy. I'm so excited. Um, but she's funny. Like, I think I could be her friend. She could come on the podcast. She could, she could definitely come on the podcast. <laughs> so she writes, two Christmases ago, which would have been 2015... I was having a cigarette out in Alexandria, Minnesota on my mom's property. It's not that far from a municipal airport, so that's not that uncommon to see low-flying airplanes now and then over the farm. But that night I saw a bright light in the sky, and it moved slowly towards the direction of the airport, and the light was so bright I couldn't see its shape. It was strangely quiet, and so the first thing I thought to do was get my phone out and video it. I thought I was in video mode, but I was in camera mode, so I ended up taking a blurry picture and then switched it to video mode, but the screen froze up, which was normal, like it was taking a pic or trying to buffer or catch up. My phone froze and I had to restart it, but by the time it restarted, it was so far away. It looked like it was going to land at the airport, so I thought, okay, like it's probably not a UFO. Anyways, that night I posted a long Facebook post trying to be funny, saying that I saw a UFO, but I couldn't get it on video on time. And that it was probably a conspiracy and probably why no videos of UFOs exist. Um, It was all tongue-in-cheek, but it still weirded me out. It was so quiet for a plane, and it was going to the airport. And I don't think aliens land at small airports, so I rationalized it. I came back to L.A. for New Year's, and New Year's Eve morning, I got a knock on my apartment door. I looked through the peephole, and I saw this creepy guy wearing a madman-era hat and suit, like a creepy bald Don Draper. I pretended I wasn't home, but then he said... FBI, open up, please. We know you're in there. His voice, though, sounded like either he was very old or something had kicked him in the neck and he was out of breath. It's hard to explain, but the only thing I can say is that the voice sounded fake. Like someone was doing an impression of a grandpa, only doing really bad at it. And the FBI thing scared me. I had no reason to be scared, but the first thing that came into my mind was that I had recently downloaded the first season of Game of Thrones to see what the fuss was about, and I had used a torrent site. And while (laughs) I was there, I had searched for weird porn, the word weird and porn, to see what torrents had, and I remembered following the rabbit hole and reading a bunch of weird descriptions of weird movies. I didn't download any, but I had clicked on them and clicked on preview image to one out of curiosity. So I thought maybe he thought I downloaded the porn or it was about the Game of Thrones, and I started to get anxious. He pounded on the door some more, and it freaked me out even more. So I said, can I see some identification? And I looked through the people, and he pulled out a badge. And it could have been a toy for all I knew, but he knew I was there. So I opened the door and prayed he wasn't a rapist and that if it wasn't an FBI agent, I could lie my way out of having downloaded Game of Thrones and reading weird porn descriptions. (laughs) He was very scary looking, old timey clothes, no eyebrows, two lazy eyes, bald, wrinkled forehead and neck. I almost peed myself. He said to me, 
I need to talk to you about the flying saucer you saw on the 22nd of December. This weirded me out more because my Facebook is private and I posted no pictures, just that comment. And I thought about the Snowden guy and how we were all being watched and it really, really freaked me out. I asked him how he knew and he said, FBI knows everything, ma'am. And he walked through my doorway about four feet in and stopped. And that's where we had the remainder of our conversation. I told him the story and he was emotionless and expressionless the entire time. The next part always makes me laugh when I think about it, but at the time was just so out of left field, I completely tripped out. He asked me, do your breasts produce milk? I just said, no, I'm not pregnant and hope this wasn't a rapey pass he was making at me. He says, they're big, but have no function like a statement. I changed the subject back to the UFO and said, so was it a flying saucer that I saw? Was it aliens? He says, no such thing as aliens. Forget about the incident. He then asked, do you think you have a theory as to why female people look so different from male people? I was just weirded out more, but tried to play it off as interesting question. I sometimes wonder why our bathing suits are small and guys' bathing suits are so big. I think I had been thinking about this before. He then said, do you think that bathing is the first step in controlling our evolution? I was like, sure, man. Like, I wanted him out. It was creepy. He wasn't making sense, but I wanted to be nice and not send him off because he's an FBI agent. Then chick got even weirder. He just went silent, and I was silent. It was like he ran out of batteries. I kept smiling at him, and he was not smiling back. Can I help you with anything else? I'd love to help, blah, blah, blah. I was just nervous blathering. He says... Flying saucers don't exist. Don't talk about it. I said, okay, I won't. He said, I can't seem to find the door. This was even weirder. It was just behind him. So I thought he must be joking, and I smiled and said it was right behind him, and he says, can you show me? So then I tried to lead him to the door, but he wouldn't turn his neck. He ended up turning his entire body around, but it was like pulling teeth. I said, are you okay? Should I call the hospital? I just get stuck. Not got or get stuck sometimes. It was, I just get stuck, which I thought was weird at the time. But now that I'm typing it, I guess it makes more sense. He then walked out. I closed the door as fast as I could. My heart was beating so fast and I was replaying everything in my head so I could get the story down. Some of it made me laugh, but I was so creeped out. I told my mom, she said he must have been on drugs. But over the years, I've told some people this story. I've heard... FBI agents don't investigate UFO sightings, or maybe a friend was playing a joke, but nobody ever comments on how unearthly he looked. They just assume he's human. But to me, the more I think about it, the less human I think he was. How creepy is that? First off, I'd be like, yeah, you can get the fuck out of my house if you want to talk about about my my breasts. And are you implying that I'm fat? Like, yeah, you call me yeah, like, big boobs. What's that mean? Right out now. Get the fuck out. Drink a drink and drink some more. Yeah. Honestly, though, this girl's funny as hell. Yeah, she is funny as She's shit. like, I mean, I was looking on Game of Thrones. You know, they got some weird porn on there. So I was just <laughs> typing in weird porn. And then I was just reading about it. And then I was like, oh, my God, the FBI agent's not anymore. That's hilarious. But how crazy. Like, she... I mean, I guess she did post about it. But, like, even then, like, she has a private Facebook. I know they can get on that shit. But... It's I just so get weird stuck. to me. I just get I'm stuck. having trouble finding the door. Well, turn the fuck around. Right. Like they have like no sense of like where they what I where don't know. they are, what what a door looks like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um this story actually honestly it kind of fucked me up. Like for the rest of the day, I was like waiting for someone to knock on my door. Ooh. I was waiting on it. I was like imagining myself peeping through the peephole. And like looking, and let like, me see your badge. Like I came across the wrong story, and they right. know I'm onto them. I don't know. I'm not onto you guys. I don't think you're real. Wink. Everything's fine. Yeah. They don't know. Wink is wink. <laughs> that means I'm wink. Closing one eye and leaving the other open. And the door's behind you, sir. Um, <laughs> I literally like love everything about this conspiracy. Like I think yeah, it might be one of my new favorite conspiracies, and because it's totally like plausible. Like it, it is. is. Like why would why wouldn't they have some type of like secret force that is controlling like what people say and what people do? And what's weird to me is that he said in the original story, um, Barney Hill 
how he said Barney no longer has a heart and neither does and you no longer have a coin. Like, are they saying that they killed Barney Hill? Is that what right. they're telling me? Did they take his heart off his body? I think he died of a heart attack, right? Or so a stroke. Then, a stroke. It was a stroke. Was it a stroke? Well, now I'm wondering, like, what the autopsy. Or I wonder if his body was taken by government officials. Probably. I don't know. And another thing is, we always say it. If Hollywood's covering it, that means they're just literally trying to joke it off. Let's put Will Smith in it. Everyone loves Will Smith. They'll think it's a movie. No one will ever think about it. But now this shit's real. Where'd you get the idea from? Hollywood. So weird. Where'd you get the idea from? Um, Anyway, guys, that's the conspiracy of the men in black. I loved it. Thank you. I loved the intro so much. I know. <laughs> it was a good intro. It was. It was I love so this good. girl's story, honestly, the most. She's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. And, like, everything about it was, like, so on brand for us. Like, uh-huh. just how she was just, like, joking yeah, about like, it. Yeah, like, she, I want, I want to reach out to her. Reddit user Joy Hasprung, like. If you hear this. Fi- find me. Like, DM us. I'm going to comment yeah. on her thread. Yeah, I think you should. I am. I will. We need it as, oh, I do have a Creeps and Crimes Reddit. I you just do? remembered. Remember how we were talking about doing the thread? I re- I remembered I've been using for research our Creeps and Crimes stuff. All right. To so get we'll in just... There. You know what it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Ad time. The thing that I hate every morning is doing my mascara. I can live without foundation and lipstick. Thank you, mask, for that. But when I don't have anything on my lashes, I look dead. The thing that makes my morning smoother and my routine faster is having my lash extensions done. Getting them done as no burden as it is the true beauty sleep that when you wake up from your nap, you feel like a million bucks and hotter than Kim K herself. That's my girl. Lash extensions are new to Knoxville, but not new to the beauty world. Asian K Salon has been in business over eight plus years with nine plus advanced lash courses, allowing them to give you the ultimate best lash experience possible. And let me tell you, their lash beds are comfortable. If you mention our names and that you heard us talk about them on our most recent podcast when you make your next appointment, you will receive 44% off. You can find them on Facebook or on Instagram at Asia K Salon or their website, asiakasalon.com. Happy lashing. All right. It's my turn. Okay. Yeah. What you got for us? Uh, We're losing energy. We got to pound this. Yeah. We got to chug this. Five second chug. I'm not sure what that noise me. was. Me. was so me dreading a chug. Once we finish this drink in the middle of my story, we're going to open up these other ones. All right. <laughs> we have to finish these last two. Excuse me, ma'am. Um, that. A nail just fell out of my chair. That was Peggy. Peggy. Pull stop. From last week. Who's still here. Because <laughs> we just heard it like five minutes ago. So today I'm going to be covering... The case of Kirsten Hatfield. My sources are NBC News, The Charlie Project, Missing Children's Wikipedia, the source, uh, the Resource Center for Cold Case Missing Children's Cases, Blogspot, Crime Junkie Podcast, News Nine, The Oklahoman, and On the Case with Paula Zahn, uh, Season Seventeen, Episode Six. And just a trigger warning for this episode. I mean, for this case. Um, obviously it's a missing child right? and, um, there's no specific sexual abuse, like claims in it, but there's going to be mentions of it. So just a trigger warning with that. All right. So let's get started. Cracker open. Sheesh. Here we go. Sheesh. (laughs) So this takes place in Midwest city, Oklahoma in May of 1997 Eight-year-old Kirsten Hatfield was living with her mother, Shannon, and her three older, I'm sorry, her three-year-old sister, Faith. So it's her little sister. Kirsten and Faith. Kirsten and Faith shared a room, and their bed was like a queen-size bed that they both slept in, and uh, they shared this bed in this room together. So around 9.30 p.m. on the night of Tuesday, May 13th, 1997, little Faith fell asleep. Shannon took the girls to their shared bedroom and laid them down, but Kirsten wasn't sleepy yet. Typically, she would have read them like a bedtime story or just like talk to them for a little bit. But since Faith was asleep, Shannon just decided to lay beside Kirsten until she dozed off. 
Between 11 and 11.30 p.m., Shannon got up from her daughter's bed and left the room. She just pulled the door to a large crack behind her just in case the children needed to get up in the middle of the night to use a restroom or needed her, which in my house, we don't sleep with closed doors in my mm-hmm. parents' house growing up, just in case there was like a fire right, or you needed yeah, somebody. I remember that. And I was scared to sleep with the door shut. Oh, I would never. Not would, in a million years. I would years. leave my door open and then leave the bathroom light on outside. Yeah. But as an adult... um, the I sleep with the doors locked. Every day, yeah. <laughs> That's something that apartment living does to you, yeah, I swear. Yeah, it does. So just pulling the door to the light, large crack behind her, you know, as I said, just in case I needed them. And according to a few sources, but not confirmed by all, I just want to give that disclaimer because I've literally only saw it on one source. Um, Shannon was woken up at 3 a.m. to some noises coming from the girl's bedroom. Assuming that it was just Faith taking her, like, talking in her sleep, which she typically did, she slowly got up and quietly walked towards the girl's room, just in case, like, Kirsten woke up because of this. The closer she got to the room, the noises died down, not wanting to wake them or have them see her, because God knows if a little kid sees their parent in the middle of the night, they're up all night. They're never going back to sleep. She just stood outside of the door, very still, and she didn't hear anything else, so she headed back to bed. But as she turned around in the darkness, she noticed that something was off about the door. It was shut. She slowly and quietly snuck back and reopened the door. However, she did not peek in, just listened, just in case that they were up with their eyes open, you know? Nothing. Silence. So she just headed back to bed. The next morning between 6 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., Shannon got up early for the day and went to go wake up the girls. When she entered the room, she saw Faith. However, there was no sign of Kirsten. Shannon began looking around the house. You know, maybe she went to the restroom or went outside. Right. So she began yelling for Kirsten. She checked outside. She called the neighbors. She called Kirsten's grandfather, who she loved visiting. And when she explained the situation to her grandfather, he said three words that no mother wants to hear. Call the police. Shannon hung up and immediately called 911. Moments later, police arrived at the house. And in the 911 call, she's like confused. Like you can hear, I listened to it on the um, episode that I mentioned up top. She's like, hi, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I can't find my daughter anywhere. She's eight years old. She's typically never leaving her bedroom. Like, but I can't find her anywhere. So 911 comes to the house. So like this this can't be real because yeah. it's always like it can't happen to me exactly yeah. and everything just looked normal it was like nothing was off the doors were locked and everything so she was like maybe she's just hiding like yeah. she's like will you just send an officer here i'm really worried yeah so the police arrive at the house and shannon tells the police everything that happened in the last 24 hours they go through the entire house, every closet, every cabinet, under every bed, and in every single one of the bathtubs. There was no sign of Kirsten. But the thing that they did find is haunting. The window above the girl's bed was cracked, and it led directly to the backyard. And on the window seal was a single drop of blood. Mm-hmm. Police immediately began searching the backyard, and what they find here is very triggering, so... Just a warning. They find a broken fence post, and between the fence post was a pair of a little girl's underwear. Oh, my God. And the underwear had blood on it. Shannon confirmed that the pair that they found was 100% the pair of underwear that she had laid out for Kirsten to put on that night. Immediately, the FBI is called in, roadblocks are set up, and search crews went up and down the family street and surrounding area searching for Kirsten. After going door-to-door questioning neighbors, the only reports that they were given was dogs barking between 3 and 3.30 a.m., but there was nothing substantial. Shannon explains that Kirsten would have never just gone willingly with a stranger. Someone would have heard a scream or something. With this information, police began to believe whoever had Kirsten, it was someone she knew. And if she knew them, Faith would know them too. Police begin to search for a child psychologist, and they bring one in. The psychologist sits down with three-year-old Faith and tries to get anything that they can about who took her big sister. Over and over, Faith would say, a bad man came in and took my sister. A bad man came in and took my sister. 
they couldn't get any description from her, but she's three, you know? So there's not much she really could have said. So police started their investigation into finding a suspect while the searches continued. Someone knew where their room was. They knew Kirsten and they knew the area well. So police began looking at the family and then they would work their way out. This is when a tip came in that would give police their first suspect. A woman called in saying that her boyfriend had threatened her. They had a pretty abusive relationship, but the last thing he said to her sent chills down her spine. He said, if you don't stop, what happened to that Hatfield girl is going to happen to you. Oh, my God. Police looked into this man. He had a major criminal record. And the biggest red flag that they found yet is that he has a connection to Kirsten. One so big that he had actually been in their house before, multiple times. The man's best friend was Shannon's brother. So Kirsten's uncle's best friend. Shit. They locate the suspect and they bring him in for questioning. He denied any involvement with her disappearance and even had a solid alibi at a local bar until 4 a.m. that time. They search his house and they look through his car for evidence. However, there was nothing. He just said some fucked up shit. They searched all of the surrounding states and pursued every lead from Mexico Mexico to Canada. Shannon never, ever stopped searching for her daughter. She organized search parties, had news channels involved nationally, contacted missing children's foundations, and put up thousands and thousands of flyers. And that's what a mother should do. Exactly. That's a correct response. Right. She even went back to the school. She even went back to school and got a degree in criminology. And worked in the Department of Corrections as a probation and parole officer specializing in sex offender management, just waiting for the day that the right person's file would slide across her desk and lead her to Kirsten. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta reopen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Throw it in the pal. Back to the fucked up story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Seriousness. So this mom is a killer mom. She is doing everything that she can to find her daughter while protecting other women and children from what happened to her daughter. She never, ever stopped searching for Kirsten. One night, she was laying Faith down to sleep, and she felt this overwhelming feeling of peace wash over her. And in that moment, she knew that Kirsten was safe and in heaven with the Lord. That was a quote from uh, the documentary I watched. Yeah, A mother knows. Yeah, she's like, she said that she just felt like she came to her and was like, Mom, I'm okay. Wow. Yeah. Chills. I need a drink after that. Me too. I need five drinks. So for 17 years, investigators and family members followed each and every lead, but still the case was cold. Until 2014, when police received a tip. A woman's grandmother had passed away, and they were going through her things when they found this journal. And in the journal, they found an entry about a murder that the woman's son had told her about that he committed. It was the murder of Kirsten Hatfield. And she found it. In the details, the grandmother wrote that her son admitted to kidnapping this little girl, took her to this rundown house, which was like this falling apart home in Jones, Oklahoma, where she was brutally tortured and murdered. But a key part of this journal entry was that the entire attack and murder was filmed on camera. The details of this journal entry were so specific and awful that it gave investigators nightmares. They worked relentlessly to track down the woman's son. Finally, they find the man and they bring him in for questioning. Without a single word being said, other than the exchange of hellos, investigators slid a photo of Kirsten across the table and in front of their person of interest. When the man saw the photo, he burst into tears. He told investigators that he knew about the journal entry because he told his mom. However, he was not involved in the murder himself. The man began, began listing off names of the people who was involved in this murder, one of them being his ex-girlfriend who owned the home that was described in the entry. The FBI and investigators got a search warrant for the house and uh, swarmed the location and began to uh, excavate the entire yard. 
Investigators entered the home and put luminol across the main floor. And a quote from one of the officers on the scene was, it lit up like a Christmas tree. So for you guys that don't know, luminol is this acid, not even acid, it's like this liquid. Yeah, it detects bodily fluid. Right, and you spray it around and it detects blood and like decomp and all of that. So the house had been covered in blood at some point. Every brutal detail from that journal entry was being confirmed with each and every splatter of blood, and every time they would shine that blue light around. It was a sight that horror movies are made of. Samples were taken from the home and sent off for DNA testing. The yard was being torn up, and the crime scene investigators combed through the entire house when they find a box filled with over 100 VHS tapes. One by one, investigators watched each and every tape, fearing that at any moment they would be faced with the brutal video footage of the ending of Kirsten's story. However, the tape was never found. And none of the blood found at the site was human blood. Oh, they're sadists. There was nothing relevant to the disappearance of Kirsten in that home. It was a twisted and dark made-up story. Investigators called it dope talk. Basically, a bunch of high people wrote that story after seeing it on the news and made a, made like basically fantasized about acting it out. So we're back to square one. Years and years have gone by, but Detective Daryl Miller decided it was time to go back to square one, officially. So he started with the house and the evidence that was found in the house where Kirsten was taken. First off, the blood under the window seal. It had never been tested for DNA. They just assumed it was Kirsten's blood. So they then sent it off for testing. And what they find changes this entire case. It was the profile of an unknown man that the DNA belonged to. However, there was no match in any of the systems, not even the FBI DNA database. At this moment is when investigators realize that this is a one-and-done crime for a suspect. They only ever wanted Kirsten. So investigators go through every single mail that had ever been looked at in this case, every tip, every connection, every single mail, and requested DNA. And what's the thing on TikTok, my 13th reason? Yeah. Well, number 13 on their list was a hit. Anthony Palma. Palma was originally on the police's radar after an interview tip that he gave to investigators in May of 1997. He came forward to investigators saying that he was woken up between 3 and 3.30 a.m. by his dogs barking like crazy. So he went outside, calmed them down before returning to bed. He lived only two doors down from Kirsten. Oh, my God. Knowing that he was the perfect match, police had to play their cards right in order to get a confession out of him and hopefully find Kirsten's remains. So police requested that he came into the station to, quote, help them wrap up this case. But in reality, they wanted to see if after all this year, all these years, his story would still be the same. I will leave the link to this interview recording in our show notes if anybody would be interested to watch. But when police bring him into the room, he's talking like normal, unagitated, seems very easygoing and happy to help in any way that he can. Police are super happy with his attitude and want to help because this will be the perfect way to use the tactics that they had planned out to help get this information out of him. Slowly, they began bringing up Kirsten's case, asking if he knew the family or the Hatfield girls or any of the neighborhood kids. He says that he was a community man, always helping out, letting kids play in his lawn, just a helper and a good neighbor. Pillar of the community, as they would say, which are always fucking murderers, if you ask me. Drink. Drink. Not to that. Morgan spills it everywhere. (laughs) My bad. So police ask Palma how well he knew Kirsten, Faith, and Shannon specifically. This is when police decide to read him his Miranda rights and ask the specific questions about what he remembered from that night. He said he couldn't remember much from those days, and he makes a comment about getting, quote, old timers. Okay. After 20 minutes of talk about the investigation and search efforts before police turn the tables. Well, Anthony, your DNA was found in the backyard the morning that she was discovered missing. 
He says, well, that's impossible. I've never been to their backyard, their house, claiming that he didn't even know Kirsten's name before her disappearance, and he wouldn't have been able to pick her photo out of a lineup before May of 1997. Deny, 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 deny. He never confessed or told the location of her body. In October of 2015, Anthony Joseph Palma was arrested and charged with the murder and abduction of eight-year-old Kirsten Hatfield. Police believe that Kirsten was kidnapped for the purpose of sexual assault and murder shortly after her abduction. A few weeks after he was arrested and placed in jail, he unsuccessfully attempted suicide by cutting his wrist. It turns out that in 1979 or 1980, Palma was accused of sexually abusing an eight-year-old girl in a crime eerily similar to Kirsten's. It was said that he broke into the little girl's bedroom through her window one night and molested her. When police arrived on the scene the next day, they noticed his truck was parked down the street. He knew the victim very well because he was dating the girl's older sister. Oh, my God. However, he was not convicted due to the lack of evidence. In 1982, Palma was convicted of breaking into a woman's home and assaulting her. Lastly, in 1998, a woman who lived with Palma accused him of drugging and raping her. Still, he never was convicted. Prosecution presented the DNA evidence at Palma's trial in October of 2017 for the case of Kirsten Hatfield. Multiple witnesses came forward and testified that he had been sexually they, that they had been sexually victimized by Palma as a child or in the past. Though he maintained his innocence, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Kirsten's body has never been found. Police believe that this is due to the fact that Palma was working for the city parks at the time. Oh, my God. Palma never gave up where her body is, and we will never know until she's found one day. In January of 2019, Palma was murdered in prison by his cellmate. So basically what this means is that when police were searching for her and going door to door, she was in his home. That's sickening. Mm Mm-hmm. Two doors down from where she was abducted. Always the case. It always is the case. If it's not trafficking, they're always within two miles from home. Exactly. It's so fucked up. Oh, look at that little courtie outside. Taking poopy. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) We're watching these dogs shit outside my house right now. So cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that is the case of Kirsten Hatfield. Uh, And that is episode 40. That is episode 40. That, honestly, the drive that that mother had to go to get a criminology degree and, like, she never gave up. She never stopped. That really hits me. I know. We, guys, if you listen to episode 39, my birthday episode, we talked a lot about a case that's ongoing in Tennessee, which by this time... Hopefully. Hopefully is solved or resolved, but... It's really sickening, and if you guys haven't heard about it, go back and listen to our other episodes. Or just Google search your name. Yeah, Google search it. It's really a tough um, story, but I actually found this case about Kirsten Hatfield from the Summer Wells um, investigation Facebook page. Really? And it was someone had commented and said, um, this is eerily similar to this case, and did a link to it. And so wow. I went through and I found it. And they linked the Crime Junkies podcast You know episode. who we should also talk about is Evelyn Boswell. Because that was oh, Tennessee. Yeah, This was this time last year. A county totally over from where Summer went. I, I remember kind of following it on Facebook. And then I remember was, the Amber Alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so sick. It sucks. It sucks. Oh. Whew. I always get so sad. I know. I always bring the mood down. <laughs> In the beginning, we're like, I like yeah, when you do creepypastas. Right. I know. Okay, I can do another creepypasta after that. That was a dark one. Oh, God. Let me chug my high mood. I hate when kids are involved. I know it sucks. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening to episode 40. We cannot believe that we've... We have been recording today for six hours. Six hours. Yeah, we're kind of like we're kind of really committed and professional. So, anyways, uh, TFUs. Do we have any? No. Can we just say the intro for fun? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we come up with a TFU. So, bye everybody on the normal episode. Oh, okay, bye everyone, bye. and we'll talk to you in our TFUs. Yep. Bye. If you're driving, slow the fuck down. And if you're drinking, don't fucking drive.
And remember, this, this is, is totally, totally fucked up. up. I still think this should be our intro. I fucking love it. Um, guys, we wanted to briefly talk about this TikTok that we came across. And it was like, you know that that trend that's like, what's a conspiracy theory that you 100% believe in? Well, this guy got on and he said that um, it was about Area 51, but he kind of reversed it. So he's saying that area that we are the subjects of Area 51. Like we are these test subjects. We are what we think is inside Area 51 and that the location of Area 51 is not what we think it is, but it's an exit. And that's yeah. why they can literally shoot you down if you get near it. Because they want us to stay where we are. And it, I don't know. You you talk. Uh, no, that's what it was. It was like, what would be so exclusive if we were the aliens or the test subjects that they would shoot you as soon as you walked on the property if it was reversed? Right. And oh it would have gosh. to be like a portal or the control center for everything. Yeah, it's so crazy. And like, I think it's so weird where it's at. I do too. Like, what, it, what if... This land was never supposed to be found. And why couldn't they just put it where we literally can't get to? Antarctica. Right. We literally can't get in our cars and drive there. We can get in our cars and drive to Area 51. Right. And I think it's just so weird because then when we started moving, when Settler's not us, because, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess our... Just like how she... Was, oh, wait, that was last week's episode. Yeah, Never yeah. mind. Just like our shitty, you know, ancestors that fucking killed everybody along the way. Um, moved yeah, everybody them. west. Like... I know that there were certain um, native tribes that lived over there, mm -hmm. but I wonder, like, technically, I mean, I'm sure we could do a quick Google search and figure it out, but, like, I wonder if there was anything in that area or if that was a resort. I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's a con controversial topic that we're bringing up. So if we're uneducated about it, please yeah, let us know. Yeah, but also we know that um, reserves and, like, Native American lands are very very high in like activity yeah and super sacred and that's why and, they chose those land that yeah land. so they probably knew a little more than right we ever would i wonder what the native like thought native american like thoughts or legends or whatever are about that area itself like i wonder if it had any spiritual significance before the fact that it turned think, into area 51 i think everything is um like spiritual yeah. Like, I think any type of conspiracy theory, well, besides, like, you know, some type of, like, military testing, but right. I think a lot of it is spiritual based because mm -hmm. I think that we aren't what we think we are. Right. Like, we aren't just these, like, humans on this. I don't know. I am just rambling. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. But th when you sent that to me, I was, like, going down in the comments and reading all of them. Hold on. I'm going to actually pull some of them up. Hold on. Uh, elevator music. Okay, Morgan. Okay, so we found a comment. It says, has anyone ever tried to astro travel into the base or to the base? Someone commented and said, you can't get in. Um, that it's energetically blocked off. A lot of places are, like the Vatican and stuff. It's weird. And then another person said, no, it won't let you in that way either. Look up people's stories about it. You get put onto a list if you try to astro travel into the base. And the Vatican's super weird because a lot of the Vatican is not... Like, you can't go in it as the public. Right. And when I went to the Vatican City, I went through, like, the tour of, like, when you get to go into the Sistine Chapel and all that stuff. And literally, like, five of the 13 rooms that you get to go in you have access to, they are, like, uh, used for, like, selling stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay? But when you go into the Sistine Chapel, you know, where the famous paintings are on the ceiling, you can't take photos in there. And... Obviously, you're not allowed to speak because it's a religious area. But the reason you're not supposed to take photos is because of the damage. I'm using quotes that I would do to the photos. I mean, to the paintings on the ceilings, which is true. But you have to think about high, how high these ceilings are. They are so fucking high. Like, yeah. literally. And if you take a photo and they see you taking a photo, like, even if you, like, have your phone down by your side and you, like, click a photo of it, they will literally come over to you. They'll take your phone and you have to, like, put in your code and they delete it for you. It is the creepiest shit. Yeah, that's so and weird. And they, like, you get thrown out for taking photos and stuff. But, like, the majority of it, like, where the Pope is, obviously, I know that's, like, for his safety and all that stuff. But, like, don't you wonder, like... Well, the Pope is tied 
into a lot of things. Right. E.T., extraterrestrial. Right. And, and we're like, not meaning to offend anybody's well, yeah, religion. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. But a lot of conspiracy theories, I'll say. Um, the Pope and the Vatican and all that is tied really heavily, honestly, into a, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like planetary governments yeah. and like, like organizations, like right. if they exist, like they say that like they're in on it. It's so weird to me. It really is weird. Somebody knows something. I know. That's also another just... good podcast. I love somebody knows something. That's a great podcast. Oh, that's a podcast. Yeah. It's such a good podcast. Um, I just wish they would tell us. Well, we couldn't handle it. We can't. No, no. Literally, like, I'm thinking about how people freaked the hell out about figuring out everything that was released, the minor shit that was released um, a few months ago. Like, people lost their minds over it. Yeah, and that, another person that had commented on this conspiracy TikTok about Area 51, they said, like, you know, like, the government's telling us that aliens are real. What if they're slowly preparing to tell us that, like, we are the aliens? Right. Like, that's crazy. It's really different. We, I think we are just a giant test subject for another, like, universe, but... Yeah. And, like, maybe not even our government knows it. And, oh, my God, I saw a TikTok. Sorry, we're rambling here, but if it's you okay. guys haven't That's watched... What if you guys are. haven't watched Loki, um, check it out, but... Yeah, it's good. I watched a TikTok that said, like, what if... Um, first off, Marvel is crazy. Marvel like, is Crazy insane. creative. But um, they said, like, what if something like the timeline is true... Not like a time variance authority or whatever they're called, but that we have went off. Oh, oh, this was the TikTok. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, it was if you could go back in time, what event would you change? And this guy was like, "Well, here's the thing. I think that we veered off of our timeline, and that's what has caused 9/11. That's what has caused um the COVID. That's what has caused these tsunamis, these monsoons, like all these disasters happening." He said, "So I would go all the way back to." The, it was like a Greek time, and he said, and I I would kill this person. And he had, like, reason to believe, like, why he cha- altered the timeline. And it was because he added months to the calendar. Mm. So we were only supposed to be 10 or 7 or 8 months, and mm-hmm. he added it so that we were 9 or 10 months. And this is, like, way back in, like, AD or BC or something. Right. So, um, but, yeah, he was, like, the way – and he named it after himself and that selfish – power and adding more time to us i don't know what he was saying but honestly what if we deviated from our original timeline and that's why all this bad shit happens to us right because like what kind of world needs to have tornadoes and hurricanes and covid and all that crazy shit that happens we're our earth is filled with hate and then you even have to think about like the tsunamis and all that shit that happens like a lot of people say that tsunamis are made man-made handmade yeah yeah human but if Specifically, if you don't know about what we're talking about with Loki that just came out on Disney Plus, it's basically saying that every the timeline, so every bad thing that happens has to happen. And it's preset and things that could change that are like pushed off of this time branch. So what's so weird about it, as I'm watching it the first time with Logan, because if you guys know my husband, you know he's obsessed with any um, and all things Marvel. Obsessed is not obsessed. even the word. So we are watching it and me and Arletta, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. I feel like I have, but Arletta and I went on this walk one time in uh, North Shore Park in uh, over Knoxville, by my house. over by where you live. Yeah. And we were talking about um, fractals. So fractals are this like infinite shape that is found all over our world and in time and everything is modeled after of it. So a fractal Is it the spiral triangle thing? No. So oh. a fractal is basically like uh, a branch and how a branch has little limbs that come off of it okay. off of the main stump. So it's like one line that has different things that come off of it. Well, that's what our nerves look like. That's mm-hmm. what our fingers are. That is what tree branches are. That's what streets look like. Mm-hmm. That's what roots into the earth. Exactly Anything what rivers, everything. Everything looks like that. And in the show, they're showing the time and how time works. And they have these little branches. It's a bunch of fractals used mm-hmm. to show what time is and how some timelines, these little fractals that go off just end. Mm-hmm. And it's the craziest shit ever. Yeah. And. Um, again, Hollywood's doing it, so there's got to be some truth in it. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> that is Crapes and Crimes episode 40. We had to give you guys a long TFU filled with a bunch of crazy thoughts Honestly, that we have. did you even keep up with us? Because I don't even know what we had just said. We talked about 
Area 51, and then we went into fractals. So okay. all of it at once. All right. Yep. And Thanks, guys, that is for it. Thanks, tuning in. Follow us on You Know What. Bye. On everywhere. Bye. <laughs>